Hello everyone and welcome to an apotheosis of a bombast, episode 27. I'm Ultimate Manus, one of your hosts, and joining me, as always, is Scott Copperman. How are you? I'm good. Hello, everybody. So we're here. We're both together. Made it off off our holidays or vacations. That's right. (laughs) I've had a lot of people calling it vacations on on the Twitters and messages that I've been getting. No, no, it's it's, it's a holiday. It's a holiday for me. It's a vacation for you. But they all love the word holiday, applying to it. That's right. (laughs) Is holiday not used over there then? Or is it used for like a bank holiday or something? Uh, I think it's used in the sense that you would talk about a bank holiday. Right, okay. Strange. Peculiar. A bit like aluminium and aluminum. <laughs> well, Christmas is a holiday. You'll go on vacation yeah. around Christmas. Okay, cool. <laughs> just wondering. Yeah. Right, well, um, where did you go on vacation then? I went once again up to New Hampshire, site of the famous... Uh, Lake Winnipesaukee monster that I've created. And did you see Winnie? I did not see Winnie, and I did not attempt to take any film footage. It was a good time. And it was uh, it was my wedding anniversary when I was up there, so that was nice. A little oh, free babysitting, yeah. a little night out. Uh, a little romantic candle lit dinner? Yeah, it was nice. Wicked. It was all good. <laughs> and how about you? For someone in America to say, oh, you were in Portugal, that's... That sounds so, so exotic, but I have a feeling to you it's it's more along the lines of us going to Florida. You know, it's distance-wise and, and differences. Yeah, it probably is. It's probably around about an hour and ten minutes flight, I think it was. That's, you know, take off to landing, though. And obviously you got probably about a, a two-hour wait after check-in and yeah. our collection of baggage. So it's half a day there. That's the same and, distance I traveled. Just, I went north and you went uh i guess you went south right yeah yeah that no, was grand went to uh, uh the algarve a little place called uh sao rafael i think it was i'm not very good at where I, I was going i was just given boarding pass and told to get on the right plane and <laughs> sit here yeah sit there eat this and you know we'll, we'll see you there <laughs> it, it was good it was it's bloody hot it was probably about 32 degrees out there which is the norm for you guys, I'd imagine, but for us Brits, I had that um, that cold. You know, I came home from the holiday, and I I had sometimes get a, a tickly nose if the weather changes rapidly, and I I've already got that. I've got all my sinuses are playing up now, so it does feel like I have been on holiday. Hmm. Uh, we had quite an adventure out there. Every now and again, we had the airplane there, which was quite smooth. Okay. But the landing was pretty scary. It was uh, we was on Ryanair. I don't don't know if you've ever heard of them. No, airlines. no. That's no, just one of these European cheap seats, no frills airlines. Mm-hmm. It's, it's coming into land, and it looks like it's going to land on a beach. Basically, we're all sitting in chairs and all strapped in nicely, and everyone's calm. It's a nice flight, and it as it lands, this plane, it feels like it just lands on one wheel. It's tilted. <laughs> Everyone behind me, I'm probably just behind the wing, everyone behind me screams. And I'm like, oh, I grab the chair and I'm like, oh my God, don't scream. You're making it make me worse because I don't mind flying. It's just the landing and taking off bit that I'm, I'm not too keen on. Mm-hmm. Once we're in the air and flying the clouds, as long as there's no turbulence, and I'm, I'm good. But the landing was scary, it really was. And there was 
on this uh, particular airplane, they play a fanfare once you've landed to say, congratulations, <laughs> you're part of 90% of Ryanair flights that land on time. And it just sounded like, congratulations, you did not die. <laughs> and it was horrible the way they did it, mofos. Well, everyone screams, screaming behind me, and then this fanfare comes on, and everyone starts giggling. So that lightens the load straight. Uh, but <laughs> it's just amusing that they've stuck that on there. Um, while we was out there, we had like a, a nice little villa. There was uh, my family, so that's four people. We had my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, and their little bubby, mm-hmm. and Amanda's parents out there with us as well. So we were sharing a nice big villa with a swimming pool and ping-pong table, or table tennis, but we, we called it ping-pong. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was good. The weather was lovely, the water was lovely, everyone had a great time. We had lots of competitions on ping-pong, Yeah, and I think one night we even played drunk ping-pong. Where we, we, you, you normally play up to 21 points on ping-pong, and we ended up just playing up to 10 points, I think. <laughs> and I think we had one of them points where, okay, the next winner of the next point is the best person in the whole world ever, ever, ever. Yeah. <laughs> it was that sort of thing. Were you playing uh, Forrest Gump style or Chinese Olympics style where you're you know, 10 feet behind the table and overhand smashing? <laughs> we were trying to, but I've never seen the Chinese or the Japanese people running around searching for their balls. Right. Like, oh, you've never seen them do that at no, all. No, no. <laughs> Although I think they should now, from now on. Yeah, we was doing all the smashes and stuff like that, trying That's to... Cool get a bit cocky about it but that was good we went to a place called aqualand out there mm-hmm. i'm sure you guys have got like lots of water slide open theme parks and stuff like that around yeah. where you live and you know we don't have them in britain because it's too bloody cold to have them on the outside we have them on the inside but not on the outside but it's, it's nice to go to them we went down a couple of water slides and enjoyed that but they had a um a wave machine there hmm. and i have to admit it is the most disgusting thing I've ever been in. It was horrible. It's like a huge... Toilet. Giant. Yeah, it's like a colonic irrigation. It's like a group one of them. Yeah. And all these people jumping around in their swimsuits and you see like little black things floating past you and hair floating past yeah. you. Yeah, It's like murkings floating past you. <laughs> yeah. Horrible little things like that. And kids you know, jumping up and down and... You've got to time your jumps in them as well, because if you time your jump wrong, you can jump with the waves, which is fine. But if you cock it all up, you end up jumping when the water's at your knees, and then you end up landing when the water's about two foot over your head. So watching little kids do that is hilarious. <laughs> watching little kids nearly drown is just brilliant. <laughs> well, that sounds like fun. It was really, really good. That's good. Uh, there was a, a sad story when we was out there, though. Yeah, while we was in Portugal, uh, there was a misfortune that happened just down the road from us. Around about ten, fifteen minutes, about oh, ten, fifteen minutes from where we were staying, mm-hmm. and it's beach in the Algarve. And what's basically happened is there's been a rockfall, and 
either a huge rock or many rocks have actually landed on people and a couple of people have actually died from it, which oh. is it's quite scary because we popped down there, I think the night that England played Holland. I know that won't mean anything to you there. But, <laughs> I'm following yeah. it though. Yeah, we, we caught the football over there and um, we looked out over this beach and it's a huge, huge beach and there's thousands of people and this is why I don't like beaches because it's just like ants walking all over grass. It's horrible, I think. <laughs> Not a big fan of the beach. Anyway, um, yeah, this huge, huge beach goes on for miles and where it's been eroded by the wind and the uh, the sea and other elements, there's big towers of rock that stand up in the middle of these beach and they all look a bit precarious and there's about two or three close together and then there's one further up and I didn't see any but there's apparently danger signs around and I'm not too sure whether one of these has toppled over or whether the rocks off the cliff have actually fallen down. It's still a bit vague at the moment even though it's like five days after it happened. But yeah, that's quite scary because I think it's the beach that Amanda used to go to when she went to Portugal years ago. Mm-hmm. And people always sit underneath these things, chasing the shadows around so they can have the, the shade every now and again. And a lot of people say, oh no, they'll never topple over. But obviously there comes a point where these big, huge boulders will actually topple over. Yeah. Now, the night before that these toppled over or fell down, there's huge winds. Now, I've got the uh, news report open now, but there was huge winds for the the day or two before that, and there was also a huge fireworks display right over this beach. And none of that is reported in this um, news article, hmm. which is scary. No one's actually turned around and said, oh, you know, it's been fairly windy, and there's a huge firework party, and, you know, these were big fireworks. These were like... Um, New Year's Eve fireworks. Yeah. It was sort of celebration over there. I'm not too sure what celebration it was, but they were big and the bangs were loud and obviously the shockwaves from these things are going to be moving little bits. And nothing of that has been reported at all. Huh. It's just quite scary that they no one's actually said anything about that at all. You didn't find out about it from this link we're going to have in the show notes, right? You found out people were talking about it while you were there? or It was in one of the local bars i was well we were looking after the kids up at the um the villa and the mother and father-in-law were down in one of the bars and they spoke to i think one of the bar people bar staff that have heard something and they had the sky news on down there at the time as well mm-hmm. and they were just getting vague reports of something happening at midday that day on the friday and no one was really clear on what's going on and I've, I've been searching the the interwebs but i haven't seen anything much on it it's all still pretty vague at the moment but there was a guy that was buried and four women that were buried oh wow it's awful is, yeah it's it's bloody horrible it put like a little downer for a day because you think you know i know they weren't brits or i don't know if they're holiday makers or what if they're just down there for the day but you know sod's law that you go down there and you end up with a, a rock on top of you and oh not very nice. I think they shut half the beach from then on and everyone stayed away from the rocks from then on. But, yeah, the winds couldn't have helped anything at all. They they must have made it a lot, lot more worse. Maybe they've moved something along the ways. But I, I don't know. 
these things happen, though, don't they? Mm-hmm. That actually happened up where we were. Right when I left to come back home, there was uh, Hurricane Bill was going up the eastern coast of the U.S. And I've missed all, all the reports of this hurricane. This particular one had kind of hooked up the coast. And, um, I mean, when I was little, we would go to the beach every year. And when there was a hurricane, it makes the waves really good. So you like to go in the water. And, and we, we were stupid that way. But at the same time, we, we weren't out in the ocean <laughs> floating. We were 20 feet from shore with our uncle, our grandfather, whatever. We were, we were relatively safe, we thought. So it makes the waves real rough, and, and they always make these standard announcements, surf advisory. Just like when there's a lightning, you know, they say, oh, you should go inside, and everyone's like, yeah. So they stay right outside until the windows shutter from the lightning bolt that happened right nearby. Mm. But we were in New Hampshire, which is one of the states that borders Maine. That's actually where Trivia Sioux lives, if I remember right. Oh, okay. Yeah, apparently there's a park in Maine that's on the coast, and, and people would go and stand on these, these cliffs, basically, and watch the waves come crashing in. Like, if you've ever seen on, uh, we have the Weather Channel here, you probably have something similar, if not that, where down at the hurricane, you always see people standing by the breakwater, and the waves come crashing in, and spray goes high in the air. Yeah, yeah, they, they always run the risk of getting swept out, don't they? Right, right. Well, apparently, in this park, there's uh, an area where people like to go and watch probably most of the time it's not as risky but so they were there on the cliff this this guy and his seven-year-old daughter and uh just freak wave came up and yeah like knocked them right into the water and it turns out the seven-year-old girl drowned the father uh last i heard is in the hospital but uh we marion and i were talking uh, yesterday just like how horrible that would be to if the father well it's horrible no matter what but if the father yeah. comes through to then be like, oh my god, I, I had my baby girl there and I, I lost her. Yeah. It's got to just be like the, the worst feeling. Yeah. I've got to admit, having kids changes your whole perspective on life. I know there's lots of people out there that listen to this that haven't got kids. And when you do end up having them, I, I can't watch anything on the TV with kids. Mm-hmm. I can't watch... Uh, we have a program called Casualty or Holby C and um, Amanda normally watches that every now and again. And I catch it. And if they're resuscitating the baby, I've got to turn away. I can't yeah. watch that. Can't do it anymore. I used to. I used to be fine with that. Just, oh, blase about it. Oh, that's all right when I was a teenager. But now you see the whole world from maybe two foot higher and everything just changes. And it's it's really hard feeling to get across, but it's... You just want to protect everything and everyone. And even when my daughter was running around the the pool on holiday, I was like, oh, please don't run, don't run. Because I've seen her run in the swimming pool and she slipped and cracked her head oh, yeah. once before. And I don't want that happening again. And it, it's just silly little stuff like that, that that can turn into you know, travesty and horrible stuff. And you don't really want it happening. No, no. And now you can relate to all those people that these stories are about. You know, before it was... I mean, not entertainment, but I mean, they could do things in a movie or a TV show, and and it it was unreal, or it was something that that was separate from you. But now you start to think, oh my god, that's yeah. But yeah. we were right there. We did that same kind of thing, or you know, that that little girl looks just like. There's, yeah, there's all well, different things. How many people have stood on rocks and been hit by waves? And you've mm-hmm. seen it on these uh, Candy Gamma uh, programs where 
uh, someone gets caught by a wave and they fall on the jagged rocks, cut all their legs open, and there's canned laughter over the back going, oh, oh, oh that's yeah. so amusing. And that happens hundreds of times a year. And nothing happens. You know, sometimes nothing will happen. No one will get a graze. But then you get one year where three people will get swept out to sea. <laughs> Not to get too philosophical, but there's those people who just really feel like things are predetermined or it's fate or religion. If it's not your yeah. time, it won't happen. And if it is your time, you can't do anything about it. But I definitely feel like I should be <laughs> making my best effort to minimize risks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. But yeah, it, it is a whole new perspective on all kinds of things. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's kind of depressing news on both sides. <laughs> yeah, it, it was sad for around about a day or two. And then we slowly forgot about it because it just didn't involve us really. And we didn't go down to the beach, thank God. So, oh. Hey, while you were gone, I don't know if you heard, but I released our initial contact. You know, Kumar um, Kumar is a guy who's actually got a great website, that, the Kumar Experience. You should go check. He's on Twitter. It's KumarHK. Um, he's a part of a lot of different podcasts. Um, you know his uh, Twitter name, KumarHK? It took me a long, long time to work out that that wasn't his... That's how you spell Kumar, because the HK stands for Hong Kong, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah, I didn't realise. I thought that's how he spelled Kumar. I was like, Kumar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But he had sent me a long time ago the link to the Simply Syndicated forum page where you and I had both said we were looking for someone to do a podcast with. Mm. And then they have since redone Simply Syndicated stuff, and that's all buried. But I had put that up, and I put the MP3 file I sent you, and... uh, Oh God! I was like, I was just as nervous doing that as I was uh, sending it to you in the first place. Yeah. But we and I, and I've gotten a couple of things too from people saying that they went through that same kind of experience, you know, like the first time they did something online. And, and yeah. I, I want to just say I appreciate that acknowledgement from everybody because I did still have that same kind of like, oh God, I should take that down or put something else up as quick as I can. Well, you don't find that. Uh, well, you find it very rarely, don't you? Yeah. Uh, people actually laying it on the line and saying. Because we do muck-ups and we edit them out every now and again and we leave some in as well, don't we? Because we do. Otherwise, we'd have no show. And <laughs> You wouldn't know why we were laughing so much. Yeah, exactly. No, ha, ha. I just swore again. Yeah. But <laughs> edit that one out. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, you're really laying it on the line there. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you put it out there. I'm quite surprised you put it out there as well. But no, I'm really glad. I'm glad we're getting feedback from it as well. Well, if you didn't go on vacation, no, I wouldn't have right. had to. That's all my fault now. <laughs> well, it just really was the couple people seemed to be going through that same kind of thing, and I, I just felt like that was uh, maybe a good thing to put out there. And also, while you were gone, I had released yeah. the episode of An Apotheosis of a Bombast, where we talked about Lost on the Rethinking Lost feed, and based on the stats, it looks like we've gotten a couple new listeners from there. So welcome to all you Rethinking Lost folk. Oh, excellent. I'm sorry your first exposure to the show was me timidly going, I hope you want to talk to me on the internet. (laughs) But this is more the typical thing. Oh, and and looking at the stats, we have a listener from uh, California who, yeah, there's there's a guy, Ron Babcock, and and Paul Goebel, who I've talked about a lot. They both live in uh, Los Angeles. I've emailed them each couple times uh, that same kind of timid like ooh maybe they maybe they'll answer the email but I've gotten some responses and, and I always kind of wondered if they listen to the podcast or ever check any of the stuff we do because I always mention it at the bottom so I looked at the stats and you know we get the little pins where everybody is 
there's a pin in Los Angeles, California. Yeah. It's like, oh, gee. And, and I'm thinking, well, my, my aunt and uncle live in that area. Some of the people I work for live in that area. Let me zoom in a little bit and see, make sure it's not just a fat pin on a small map. And so I've zoomed in and repeatedly, repeatedly. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> when you zoom in, the pin is in the middle of a cemetery. So I, I will put the screen capture of that up in our show notes. Mm. But uh, I think we have a zombie listening to our <laughs> episode. Not quite sure. Either that or some, maybe someone dropped their cell phone. I don't know. While they were downloading our, our show. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, they subscribed through the feed. So I guess that's not necessarily iTunes, I guess. No. They could be using a different uh, podcaster, you know, some other service. Yeah, I'm going to lay on the line. I think them pins are slightly off, ever so slightly off. I think they are too. They go by the IP addresses, and I've seen on, on different stat things, my house will show up in like 50 miles from where it really is. Yeah, maybe it's an undertaker. If you're an undertaker and listening to this, yeah, howdy doody, and send us a mail saying that, yeah, you're the guy. Yeah, if you're a Los Angeles area listener... Put my mind at ease because I, I keep thinking of our Alcor life extension thing and Ooh. thinking of zombies. I'm, I'm a little worried. Yeah. Or if you're a grave digger or grave robber even <laughs> and you was actually robbing a grave then, yeah, we know where you are. Now, you know, just let us know what you was robbing and what you actually got. That's right. And say hi as well. It's funny how your head works that way because first I'm going, it's a celebrity, it's a celebrity. Then I'm thinking, it's a zombie, it's a zombie. It's a <laughs> It's, I'm sure it's somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle of a celebrity and zombie. <laughs> That's right. A celebrity zombie. <laughs> but no, I, I would be interested to hear from anybody who, who is in Los Angeles and you're listening to the show. Let me, let me know just so I can start putting two and two together. Uh, we did get some other emails while you were gone. A couple people are starting to send in the commercials that they'd like to talk about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're probably not quite ready to talk about it yet, though, so we can give no. you another show. I'm, I'm still... Getting over my jet lag of zero hours. Yeah. Let's put it down to that. Um, we had some emails about my exposure to Red Dwarf, which so far I'm, uh, I'm two shows in, and I would be more except that I've been out of town. <laughs> but yeah. I'll, I'll give it the, the thumbs up. Did get a link today from Kennedy, uh, Kennedy from the Starbase 66 and Weather Station stuff. He Twittered it under the, the auspices of what might have been, and what it actually is is a set of links of U.S. science fiction pilots. Is that the right oh, the pilots for the uh, United States Red Dwarf. Yeah, that's included in there. That there was a uh, what might have been he called it. And we'll put the show notes the show notes up for it, and it's mm-hmm. a blog post that actually comes from io9.com and the science fiction sitcoms that never were. One of which is Red Dwarf USA. Let's get some YouTube footage. I went through that YouTube footage, and it's basically word for word of what they recorded over here. They just took the script and put new actors? I think so, yeah. It seems like that. I might be wrong. I'll probably have um, the Scuttercast guys going, it's not, that word was wrong. He didn't (laughs) say and there, and he didn't do that, and his mannerisms were a little bit different. But anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it it was more or less word for word. I remember a lot of that anyway, so. We also got an email from... uh... JT from the Geek Squared podcast. Yep. If you don't know the Geek Squared podcast, uh, JT and Troop Lee are two guys who do a podcast about 
all kinds of, of great stuff, uh, geek culture-y kind of stuff, pop culture. Um, and actually, we'll kind of just leave it as a tease for now, but in a few minutes, we're going to give them a call to talk about reboots. You might remember we did an episode about reboots and, and relaunches of franchises and such. Yeah. Uh, remakes back in episode five. They recently did one as well. And uh, I thought it'd be good to try to get them on the line and talk a little bit about that. And it kind of fits with what, what we found with this Red Dwarf thing as well. Mm. There was uh, one other email that I don't know if it made sense to you, but I saw you replied to it. It was uh, from Rhea. Something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me pull it up. All right. I couldn't quite make sense of it at first, but I saw you replied and she replied back. I figured you had some sort of separate conversation going there. Yeah, we got it going on. <laughs> yeah, there was an email from Miss Rhea Citra, I'm going to call her. It's probably totally mispronounced. But it was um in it wasn't in English, let's put it like that. And it was what two pages long, would you say? Yeah. $4,600,000 was all that stood out to me in that. Yeah. And I couldn't understand a word of it, so I replied because it it had the ring of I'm a Nigerian, I'm a Kong man. Basically, I want to rip you off all your money. Mm-hmm. You know, not to slander anyone from Nigeria. Have we got any listeners in Nigeria? I don't know. I replied to her saying, uh, could you send me this in English? Because I'd be interested in you taking money off of me. And lo and behold, it's been translated and sent into English. And I think it's just been basically translated because there's a, a couple of passages. Let me read them. Okay. If, if I cock up, I apologize, but... Sir, madam, my name is Mrs. Rhea Citra. I am Indonesia, but married with Mr. Edmund Wilson, an engineer from England. I got married with Mr. Edmund Wilson on the 10th of October 2001, where he was working on a contract in subsea oil, gas, petroleum, drilling pipeline, Singapore, 2001. Which does make sense. Till the end of his contract, 2004. Full stop. And we left to his country, England, where we have been living together as husband and wife with our only daughter on the 26th of April, 2008. My husband, Mr. Edmund Wilson, my daughter and I myself, we are driving back from beach when our car tire blew and hit a concrete pillar. And mm. the steering handle hit my husband at the chest oh my before we could rush him to hospital. He gave at the same day, to God be the glory, nothing harp to me and my daughter. Okay. What a sad email that is. That is Indonesian, that original email. I think it's legit, because, I mean, it's written in Indonesian, and, I mean, who would make up a story like that? That's so tragic. I think we should carry on with this. I think we should respond. So what does it say about the 4,600,000? Oh, it says, um, they say that they're having claims with Mr. Edmund Wilson's legal properties and they've handed the property over, but there's money left in his will. And it says, my husband has 11.6 million US dollars he deposit in an account at such and such bank. Well, wait a minute, 11? Wow, I wonder, that's the place to put your money because I'm looking at this other one right here. It says 4,600,000 US dollars. Yeah, that's right. Whoa. Talk about return on investment. So why would it change? <laughs> just, why, why has this changed? I picture 
five greasy, dirty-looking guys sitting in the basement on the computer going, we got one! Woo-hoo! <laughs> licking their chops. All right, all right, let's see. Uh, you got that picture of the pretty blonde girl, put that in the corner, and uh, you know, the little Ethiopian boy, put him in there, and uh, let's change these numbers around a little bit. I think we should get them. Maybe we could get them on a phone call. We could Skype with them, or not Skype, but we, oh, we could use Skype to call them. We should take one of the other ones, one of the Nigerian ones, or even make our own and just say, try to partner and say, you have four million, we have two million. Yeah. To get, oh, we could buy a small country. Maybe they've been undercut, that's why the, the money's gone up. Someone's undercut someone, it's all dodgy dealings. And they're like, well, you know, if, if we forget out about Joe, then we can have this amount of money. We should reply with some sort of chain letter. It'll be like, you send us $1 <laughs> and have six of your friends send us $1 and we'll... <laughs> or maybe we can just get them to photocopy the $11 million. What are they actually asking for? Money or bank information or... Uh, I think in the first one they asked for bank details, like PIN numbers and stuff like that. But in, in the English one... Yeah, in the English one, there's nothing. I see no telephone, no fax. It just says, uh, let me hear from you urgently by email. Regards, Miss Rhea Citra. We should make up our own. Hello, my name is Amanda. My husband, Elton, was rock climbing in Portugal when the rock <laughs> slipped and fell. Just last year, my cousin Scott was standing in the coast of Maine watching. The two of them left a small fortune in a Swiss bank account. <laughs> We could put the whole thing together. I just like the way it's worded into English. It's brilliant. All the full stops in the wrong place. All the grammar's totally incorrect. And yeah. not that I'm anything to do with like English literature or anything like that. I'm not very good at that at all. I think we should just send out a reply to this email and see what we get back and report back next week. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the way to go. See how far we can take it. I am curious where... Well, I'll wait. I don't want to burst the bubble, but I'll look uh, prepared for next week to see what the internet has to say about Rhea. I'm sure there's slanderous things written about her, that she's a liar and a scammer. Mm. We could take that kind of tact and just say, I feel for you. you know, you've gone through all the suffering and the people of the internet defame you. Yeah, if anyone can send a draft email, because I'm, I'm not very good at writing emails. I'm not very good at much, really, to be honest, but... If you could, like, send a really, really good email that we could send on from you, we won't put your name on it because we want the money. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> if, if you're feeling up to it, because we need emails anyway. So send, e- send your emails to bombastpodcast at googlemail.com or gmail.com. Yeah. Send them there, and then we'll see what we can do. Sounds good. I'd just like to say thank you to everyone who sent my son, Jacob, uh, birthday wishes. He was six just before we went on holiday. We've also just had Kimmy's birthday, who's now three, and we got her birthday party this weekend, so we're all looking forward to that. But would you like to know what Jacob bought with his birthday money? I think he ended up with over £100 on birthday money, which is ridiculous. By swine flu vaccine? No, oh yeah, by the way, we didn't (laughs) catch swine flu either. Oh, Oh, okay, he's healthy. Yeah, everyone's healthy at the moment. I, I think the the person that we knew who had swine flus all fine or dead. I haven't seen him since we got back. So, in Los um, Angeles, in a cemetery with an iPhone. <laughs> no, he doesn't download this oh, at okay. all. Oh, okay. 
Now, what do you but, buy? Okay, right. It's I've, I've got it in my hand here. Oh, it, no, I'll tell you about that after. Remind me, Ant Farm after, okay. just in case I forget. <laughs> right, this present is, you have to guess it from the sound first. Ready? Mm-hmm. That's one end. And the other end? That's the other end. What could that be? Uh, I was thinking hammer the first time. <laughs> that's a pretty lame guess, though. <laughs> yes, he bought himself a hammer. It bangs. <laughs> um, a giant pencil. Like a, a great big clown-sized pencil. Ooh, keep on that theme. No, clown it's... shoes. No, he didn't buy clown shoes. Well, I don't know. He's a... <laughs> it's something silly, whatever it is. He went into Alfred's and he bought himself, because he, he got a bike for his birthday. Oh, a horn. He, he bought himself a horn. Now, it was really good in the shop. Hang on, let, let me do it. I don't want to do it too loud. Hang on. Can you hear that? Yeah, it's a standard horn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He bought this. Now, the first time, it was great when he went, it was brilliant. Then he did it a second time and it was okay. And then we got it home, and then for the next hour, he went around the garden going, <laughs> driving everyone up the wall. Is he it's doing him. the squeeze against your stomach, let go, and it hangs there by itself? Or his cheek? Or his hand? I'm, my body is like a temple. It wouldn't stick to my stomach. Oh, well, his, maybe. <laughs> no, um, no, we haven't done that yet. I, I might actually do that. I might do it in his forehead, and he'll wake up with a horn on his head. <laughs> we do that all the time with that. It'll, it'll roll over at night. <laughs> <laughs> But it does sound, he was walking around the house doing it as well, and it was driving me up the wall. It does sound like he's murdering a clown. <laughs> you know, it, it, he's like, he's like, <laughs> Well, he'll tire of that eventually. No, he won't tire of it eventually. He will not. <laughs> I will. I have. <laughs> but no, he, he's still enjoying it. And um, also, he also got an ant farm for his birthday. Which was a great idea. Actually, it's it's not a bad idea. Actually, we ended up um, trying to put the ants in uh, yesterday, and what a palaver that is as well. Have you ever tried to get twenty ants into a small hole? No. Did it come with the ants? Uh, we had to send off for ants. Yeah, Jay had gotten something like that once, and it came. I think it came with like a freeze dried frog, or I don't, it was it was the most bizarre thing. You came. It was like cryogenically frozen and. I don't know, it was creepy. <laughs> I I, maybe you had to send away for it, but even that, it, whatever it came was not, it was not this happy little frog. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was uh, the undead. A powdered frog, just add water. Add water and stir. Yeah. But this ant farm, it, uh, they, why don't people make things that fit? Why do people in one shop build something and then down maybe... 300 miles away, they build the other part of the machine. And it, 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 when you bring it together, it doesn't work. This bit doesn't go there. That bit doesn't go there. But you end up with this test tube full of ants. You're supposed to put them in the fridge to calm them down, to slow them down. Mm-hmm. And then you, you're supposed to pour the ants into this little hole on the side. But this little hole on the side is far too small for this test tube. And this test tube flaps around, so... Uh, Boudoir and Amanda has, has tried this, and there's ants everywhere. It's horrible, and everyone's screaming, "Oh, there's ants everywhere!" And th- they're red ants as well, 
We're not sure if they're little black ants that have been painted red, so we're getting ripped off or not. I'm not too sure about that. But we ended up chasing around the garden, would you believe? On, well, on, on, we did it on the doorstep and chasing around down mat and doorstep like, trying to find these red ants. Like, is that one of them? Is that one of them? And we're not too sure whether they're from the same <laughs> herd of ants or, you know, would it matter if we picked up a road ant? He's an outsider. Yeah, <laughs> would, would it matter? Would they kill each other? Would they be dominant? You weren't just sitting there saying 20 ants, I think six ants. Is yeah. Enough. Oh, it's diabolical. And then trying to herd ants, it's not like you've got a sheepdog to do it. You've <laughs> just got to tap this. Uh, we ended up doing it a different way in through the top of this uh two blades of uh, glass mm-hmm. and we was tapping the test tube and they'd fall off the test tube, slide down and then they'd start crawling back up. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, don't go up there. Come <laughs> down into the ant farm, please. And you start tapping it away and they, oh, yeah. drives you out the ball. <laughs> if you're thinking about getting ant farms for your friends or anything like that, if you don't like them, yes, buy it. Brilliant present. <laughs> or get an ant farm. Or just dig up a hole in your garden. I'm sure you'll see some there. That's right. Pick up that rock. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's fun. So he's staring at them right now, watching them build whatever they're building. I don't know. Quite cool once it's running, though. Well, why don't we give uh, Jay and Troop a call. And, hello, hello. Uh, hey. Get, hey, catch up What's with them on? a little bit. Is that and Jay there? And yep. then we'll come back. What's going we'll, on, like, Nelson? Close out our show. Hi, how are you? Like I'm that. doing good. Yeah, cool. Good All man. Right, let's ring him up. Hello? Joke. Oh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> can you hear me? Yes. I can hear you. Excellent. All right, four people who can't see each other is probably the <laughs> hardest possible way to do this. Uh, it'll work. Yeah. I can only imagine. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I'm just going to sit in the corner of the room, really, and wave at you guys. <laughs> all right. uh, well, we, but we can't see you waving, Elton. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, with us today for this uh, special segment are JT and Troop from... The Geek Squared podcast. I'll let them uh, give that address and link for that in a few minutes. But they run uh, a podcast that most of you probably already know about. But if you haven't been listening to it, you should. It's a lot like ours. I think better. (laughs) But I'll leave it to you to decide. But recently they had an episode about remakes. Well, not just about remakes, but other things. And, um, you know, we had our episode back, I think it was episode five. And I thought it'd be fun to bring them in now that we're all back in town and, and talk a little bit about that. We all kind of have the same attitude, if I remember right. Uh, remakes should be made only when <laughs> when necessary and made well. We don't need more Godzillas with Matthew Broderick and such. No, definitely not. I no. would have to agree. Yeah. But my fear, and unfortunately I think it's pretty realistic, is um, you know, right now we're seeing remakes of things from when we were little. And so G.I. Joe, the Transformers, they're making a Smurfs remake, War Games, Clash of the Titans. You know, like Clash of the Titans, I don't think that needs to be remade personally, but we don't need to get into the specifics of it. But it was a, a film kind of like Jason the Argonauts was, and which I guess was what my parents grew up with. My fear, though, is as our kids turn 30, they'll be remaking some of the things that are out there now. And I think that's going to include... Star Wars, Rambo, Rocky. Oh, no. You know, there's no need to do that. Good Lord. But I have to think that that's, that's where it's going to go. I mean... Uh, I really hope not. That would be blasphemy to remake Star Wars. But if Star Trek can get updated, if uh, Battlestar Galactica, if, if you know some of these 
classic movies with John Wayne and Clint Eastwood, and they were so untouchable to our parents. Someone yeah. might try and right the wrongs of the the prequels in Star Wars. Yeah, they'll get well. They'll get new special effects. <laughs> the problem is, is they won't remake the prequels. They'll just make the original trilogy. Yeah, and then ruin everything. <laughs> I would hope that's not the case. Do you think it'll be just because there's a new hologram medium for films, or oh, it'll God, be something like that where there's a hot new star who buys the rights to the Lucas Empire and he wants to be Luke Skywalker, or they'll want to do it a little edgier? Or I, I really hope not. We don't need to see a darker version of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> I don't be going too far, but I, I know that there's new technology coming out all the time. You got the IMAX stuff, which you know is amazing, but. It, some some things should be left alone, you know. It's just like there are classics in you know in art in movie history that you just you leave it alone. You don't go back and retouch it. You know, it's just leave it in the vault, let people come and look at it. But don't there's no need to take out the the uh, the old stuff and and rip it all to shreds just to try to rehash it. Some stuff is cool though. I mean, I, I don't know. It's it depends on the it depends on the um, the movie. You know, Star Wars that should definitely be left alone. Do you think it won't, or you just hope it won't? I hope it won't. Troop? I sincerely hope that it won't, but there might be some bonehead come along in 25 more years that says, hey, we should make this better. And Some hotshot director, yeah. My advice is don't. Yeah. It, it could be Ben Affleck behind the camera, and you could have oh, Zac God. Efron <laughs> no, as, as the Alec, Alec Guinness uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> oh, my God. No. I... You know what? You just you just described a nightmare. <laughs> Literally, I'm you, I'm going to dream of that tonight, and ah, uh, this is bad. My fear is like with Star Trek. I, my big objection to the Star Trek movie was that they used Kirk, Spock. I felt like you could make a Star Trek movie, you could introduce a whole new cast, a whole new ship, you could do almost the exact same story if you wanted to. You didn't have to touch what was there, and so in the same kind of way. You could make there's a thousand movies that are the Rocky plotline, and you could sit there in the year 2040 and make a, a movie about a fighter and and do all the same things. A wife goes into coma and all that crap. But for some reason, people feel like they have to name that guy Rocky. They have to name his trainer Mickey. They have to give him a brother-in-law named Pauly and and yeah. call the film Rocky instead of just making another movie, even though. The plots and premises get stolen all the time. Right. It's kind of like the retelling of the old myths, you know, because even with our modern, you know, comic books, Superman and Batman, a lot of those characters, they are the the archetypes come from, you know, really a lot older stories. You know, Mm -hmm. the the telling of the, you know, the Superman is, you know, Hercules or or another great strongman, pretty much. So I, I think a lot of the things that we see now, it's kind of. We don't have a lot of original ideas out there in Hollywood right now. And so what you're going to see is you're going to see people trying to take old stuff, like you said, and remaking it. The question is, should stuff be left alone? And I think it, it depends on a couple of big factors, which is how long has it been since we've seen it? You know, if it just came out five years ago, we really don't need another remake. Unless I, I think, it was the Incredible Hulk. Like that whole Hulk thing that happened. I mean – no, I, I, the new one was pretty good, and the the one with Ang Lee, you know, I think back in two thousand three with uh, Eric Bana, mm-hmm. one of my favorite actors of all time. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was okay. I mean, neither of them. I mean, it was so quick right on the the heels of the other one. It just it didn't really leave 
anyone wondering what you were going to see. There wasn't any, I didn't really get excited for it because it's like, oh, another Hulk movie. It just felt kind of. They're going to revisit Batman. The Tim Burton version was great, even though it, it ended up getting spoiled later on. Yeah. They've done it now 10, 15 years later. And, you know, when, when our kids are 15 years older, there'll be a Batman movie and it'll be probably some other direction to reflect the changes in society of some sort. Maybe it'll feature a certain villain or whatever they do in the comics over the next couple of years, they'll get in there. But that, and they've done two Superman movies, 20 something years apart. Isn't it easier to do it on um, comic book heroes though? Because the comics have always been written all the time, aren't they? Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I'm okay with them remaking comic book character movies. Uh, Make them every re restart them every 10 years for all i care as long as they keep getting better then i'm fine with it touching some like oh let's remake jaws for example Mm -hmm. that would be worthless let's remake Mm. et oh painful blasphemy but a comic book character that even in its own comics they they're constantly young and they're constantly up with the times i'm surprised that captain america is still from world war ii i mean i hate to say it Eventually, they're going to have to update them. You have to update it, and it, Captain America will be for the Gulf War or for Vietnam. Let's no, not they forget may, that he's they, dead, they may never do that for Captain America, but other characters they have. I try to think of what might be remade years from now. If not the, the classics, if you feel confident that they'll stay away from some of those, which I just I don't believe. I think they're going to get touched. Um, They'll be molested, definitely. I, I don't know if they will actually touch the Star Wars stuff. Because that there are stuff that you can't remake. Let's, um, the same goes for music as well. No one's ever co- uh, covered with conviction a Nirvana song, have they? Oh, but they try. That's the problem. Hmm. <laughs> well, someone bought the rights to use them in um, commercials. They paid a huge amount to Courtney Love for... Uh, to use these this music in commercials, and no one uses it because it's all all tainted, and so no right, one covers, no one yeah, else like, covers you, it. Yeah, it's too say it's almost a sacred cow kind of you know it's like how would you how would you do that you know some things like for example the movie I saw Trippy the other day the the movie Blade Runner you can't remake Blade Runner and if you did it would just it just wouldn't have the same spirit at all. You know, that movie is very much a period, you know, piece. It's it's of its time. And if you tried to remake it with a whole bunch of digital effects and everything perfect, it just wouldn't have the same impact. And I don't know. It's it's one of those cult things that you just you can't touch. I yeah, think. that's right. And I think, uh, Trooper, you said about uh, Jaws being remade as well. Now, if they did that, then you know they'd make the fatal flaw of showing too much shark. Of course they would. And... <laughs> It'd be all at CGI and terrible. I mean, it, essentially, it'd be Deep Blue Sea, wouldn't it? Isn't that, yeah. isn't that essentially it? Pretty much. Yeah. And I, that's and my, that- my concern is that it's, it's a matter of whether it's licensing or, or <laughs> cost to, to buy the name. It's such a fine line that keeps someone from taking Deep Blue Sea and calling it Jaws 2000. Yeah, or Jaws, yeah, 2000 or Jaws 6. Yeah. I think they made Jaws 5, which is horrible, really. After Jaws 2, it should have ended. There's certain movie franchises that just should end. You know, It's just like, just let it go. You know, Rocky was definitely one of them, I think. After, after Rocky 4, I think we could have 
we could have done without any more Rocky, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but it was Salone who went back and made that. True. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's it's a good point. It's it's, it's like if uh, Luke Skywalker, Skywalker or uh, Mark Hamill decided to make uh well, tried to buy the rights and <laughs> do Star Wars, which would never happen because there's no way he could get enough money together to do that. But <laughs> if he ever did, I'd be interested to see what it looks like though. Yeah. It do all the voices. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It could go the route of Karate Kid where you had uh Ralph there for the first two. You had uh I, I know she's a star, I can't think of who she is, the girl who was it in the third one. Wasn't it uh the the girl from Heroes? Am I wrong about that? No, the, it was, the one it who was, plays Nick It was the girl from Million Dollar Baby. Wasn't it? Oh, it was the, okay. It was the woman who was in yeah. the core as well. Uh yes. I can't remember her name. I can't think of her name. This I is, can see her now this, sitting on that bus. <laughs> <laughs> with those teeth, yes. Uh, I I can't. This is bad. We have four people here. We can't remember. No. Hillary Swank. That's who it was. There you yeah. go. And now they're talking about making a new one with uh, Will Smith's son as the Karate Kid, and with Jackie Chan as uh, yeah Miyagi as Mr. Miyagi, which is it. See, that sounds like a spoof. It doesn't even sound it like sound oh, we're going to remake does. it. That's like you see it on Mad TV or something. Was yeah. it Mr. Miyagi Japanese? Right. Am I wrong about that? Mr. Yeah. Miyagi was Japanese. But the American audience can't distinguish. Oh, isn't it? <laughs> That's sad. Let, you know, let's. Uh, I, I love America. I, you know, I live here, but you're right. There are a lot of stupid people here, unfortunately. Yeah. I keep going back to it. It could be called something else, but they, to get that instant um, 10,000 customers are going to go and watch yeah. it, it's called well, Karate Kid. They just Kid. did one yeah. last year. That was What's basically it? the Karate Kid. It was that one they filmed down the street from our office, JT. Oh, that's right. It was. Uh, it had uh, the guy from Gladiator in it. The uh, not not uh, Russell not Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah was, the other yeah, guy, right. the black guy from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but yeah, they actually filmed it right up the street. I think it was called like, oh, Never Back Down or Don't Back yeah. Down or something like. Yeah, that. it was Never Back Down. That's the name of it. It was a really they, horrible fight movie. They, he's running along this riverfront, and that's right where we work. Oh, wow. And uh, it was basically the Karate Kid updated to now. It wasn't no. very good, though. No, I, I didn't say it was. Do you notice how there? there's a lot of times you get the movies that are similar plot lines? Like you had Inkheart and Bedtime Stories. You have um, The Truman Show and Ed TV. Yes. And then now you have this Karate Kid and, and this other movie you talked about. I wonder a lot of times if... They're like scripts that were rejected, mm-hmm. and so another studio takes it and reworks it a little bit. And says, "Yeah, we'll make that movie." Yeah. You get that's why you get so many similar stories. I'm very sure that that happens. I remember back in uh, was it the mid '90s when Twister came out? I think it was Twister, and it was right around the time where they had a whole bunch of other disaster movies, very similar stories, uh, come out all at the yeah. same time. There was Deep Impact and Armageddon. Yes, Deep Impact, Armageddon, yeah. and there was a couple earthquake type movies like. Uh, Volcano. Yep, volcano. And Dante's Peak. Yep. So they all seem to clump together. You get like a couple years of, okay, now it's time to do disaster movies. And then, all right, let's move on to martial arts films again. Oh, right now it's zombie movies. So it is. There's a bunch of ones coming out soon. What do you think about like the James Bond stuff? Every James Bond change is essentially a remake. Once they change Pierce Brosnan to someone else, and, and the films are similar plots with fancier special effects, does that not bother you? Because it's 
it's just accepted from the rule. I love James Bond, however they want to give it to me. <laughs> but now, <laughs> if true. they if they went and made Jason Bourne, it depends on how good the movie was. If they changed, it wasn't Matt Damon, and they made him different, not too much younger, but you know about the same age, and kept doing Jason Bourne stories. I might be okay with it. But if it the first one was really bad, then it would just be done. Because mm-hmm. Jason Bourne is he's like the new James Bond, kind of. Oh, I know about that. Well, he's he's good, but I I, I don't uh, I wouldn't quote him in the same category as Bond. It's a different type of film. If you I, read the books, I, Bourne would yes. kick Bond's arse. Well, yeah, but we're talking about the movie, so there you go. So you it's not as, uh, it's not as cheesy as Bond, though, is it? It's no, more straight down the line. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's the, kind of the same as the Nicolas Cage character in uh, National Treasure versus Indiana Jones. Ooh. It's a very similar kind of guy, but where Indiana Jones is, it, it's it's a different type of movie. Right. It's, it's a, a little cheesier. It's it's adventure, but it's but, different type of adventure. Yeah, but if you, I think it's the same kind of comparison. Born to to Bond. See, I'd liken uh, National Treasure more to Lara Croft and Tomb Raider than to actually Indiana Jones. Yeah, but you're one of only like fifty people who've seen that movie. Oh, <laughs> that's not right. I haven't seen it actually, so I. I oh, you're, I you're, like, you're hosting this call because you'd be cut off by now. That would be like hang up. Uh, I I have seen it. Yeah, the one with Angelina Jolie is actually pretty. I, I like the first one. It's the second one's, eh. but um, I, I think with that whole going back to the James Bond thing, I kind of think there's a parallel with that like something like uh doctor who where every once in a while you have a new quote-unquote doctor come in and takes over the role and it's more about whether or not you know do you do you like the way that this guy portrays it compared to the last guy rather than it being well oh, this is a you know the whole thing is horrible it's just like a different slightly different take on the same person like the new daniel craig is a is the most intense Bond ever, I think. He he definitely is an influence of like that whole born identity thing and and kind of a modern, more modern take on that. You know, the the uh, slick uh, undercover operative. So yeah, I, I, I prefer. I think it's just, do you like that guy? And if you do, then you'll be on board with the movies that he's making. I think most of the time. Do you think part of it though too is who the enemies of the West are? You know, Sean Connery was Cold War. You had you know Pierce Brosnan and and I forget who was before Pierce Brosnan. The, Timothy Dalton. I didn't care for him. Yeah, Timothy Dalton. They were kind of in a limbo period. <laughs> the media was the enemy right. in one of the James Bond episodes. You know, you didn't have that Cold War enemy or like a Middle Eastern enemy. It was you had to kind of create a, an opponent for them, and therefore the movie becomes pretty um, manipulated plot line. You, it's a little harder to buy into that. Like, oh, yeah, you know, the newspaper is out to ruin the world. Well, but, it's the media, they are, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was going to say, that, right? isn't that what they do? No, uh, I, I think, yeah, I, I think once he lost, I think once Bond lost his Cold War enemies more, uh, it did go down a little bit. Because, you know, you, like you said, you have to make up a villain. And some of them were pretty contrived. I think the worst one was the uh, probably from Die Another Day. The guy who was, uh, I think he was North Korean, and then he got his face <laughs> made over yeah. to look like an Englishman. Uh, it was just really like out of left field. Like, really, he just—that's yeah. that's your bad guy, a guy who's got facial issues. Um, it's, a, it's an over <laughs> over the top Bond villain. That's just how it is. Right. It was completely over the top. 
And I don't buy. I never bought Halle Berry as I never bought Halle Berry as a secret agent for like half second in that movie. It was horrible. But Jason Bourne is basically fighting the American government, right? You know, so that's that's a different, whole different type of of uh, enemy, and it, one that people can relate to in a different kind of way. You yeah. Know? You know, I hate paying taxes. I'm going to shoot. Uh, yeah, he's fighting CIA agent. Yeah, he's fighting getting killed. <laughs> that too. Yeah, but yeah, it was more against the whole bureaucracy thing. You know, the um, the 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 people in power that have control over your life that you can't really touch. You know, that's that's right. who he was fighting. And it and yeah, there's some definite relation to the common man on the street, if you will. Yeah. We all wish we had born skills, but we don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the most I can do is open a jar of salsa. It's about, that's about the extent of my <laughs> skills when it comes to secret agent work. Is that when you bang on the table as well to loosen up the Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Be surprised. That comes, that comes in handy. Do it really quick. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think remakes, again, it depends on what it is. There's, there's, there should be a list somewhere. Someone, there should be maybe a board, a council, if you will, of like movie people, <laughs> you know, just to decide what movies need to remain untouched and unspoiled. Yes. And, These are the movies you can remake. Right. And this is the stuff that is in stone. Don't touch it ever. Exactly. So would so they be about, allowed to make uh, Alien or Aliens or Scarface or The Godfather? Would they be able to do that? Um uh, hmm. The Godfather, no. no Scarface, no. Alien, I don't care what you do with it. I think aliens you could go with. <laughs> yeah, I think you could do alien. In fact, maybe even Scarface you could do. I'm you sure. Mean, in fact, they, they already have. They've done uh, something. There's a really, really bad movie called Carlito's Way that came out like four or five years ago. Uh, that was just a horrible, horrible attempt at a prequel, and it's it's embarrassing. You watch the movie and you're thinking, you guys really like spent time on this it was just it was like it is if the four of us got together and did a movie that's pretty much what it (laughs) was i mean the acting was horrible and so if you and plus that's the thing i mean if you if you redo it can you do it justice i think is another question i'm slightly hurt by that comment actually (laughs) he's a big aliens fan (laughs) oh i i I mean that's true i like aliens that's all good but yeah, they could do some and things with it. Troop, Troop has this really... He's got a stigma about certain movies. That he, it's like if it comes out... If it came out between, say, 1975 and 1988, Troop probably <laughs> hasn't seen it. And if he has, and it's I'm not so... I'm going to hate on it. He's going to hate on it. I, I just don't <laughs> understand. Like the other day, we were talking in the office. You know this man has not seen Conan the Barbarian? He's not seen it. Sorry, Troop, Why? but I had to out you, man. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen it a couple of times. Everyone's actually. seen that. Yeah, yeah it's it's a, you know, hey, it's it's an Arnie movie, but it's good. Well, I think I have the oldest kids, uh, and I as you guys have kids that get to be like ten, nine, whatever. You you start to introduce them to the things, like it's it's kind of frustrating. There's good movies or things you remember from when you were younger that just they have too much plot for this generation, right. like Last Starfighter. My son sat and he liked Last Starfighter and he didn't care that the graphics were a little cheesy and, and, you know, everything was, he liked it, but it was just taxing him to have to sit. So he wanted like action sooner and sooner. He's been ruined by MTV and video games. And so just in that sense, there's some really good stories that probably are going to need to be remade just to have some longevity because 
the number of people who can appreciate them in their current form it just it lessens every year well the the movies and, coming out now they do tend to have a format to them you have an action sequence and then you have a a, a plot sequence and then another action sequence and then another plot sequence and then the final action sequence and that's the james bond and form. they yes, they all or gi joe went along with that sort of thing as well and they all all tend to just run along that sort of line yeah the new terminator movie followed that exact same thing as well so yeah it is it is it's formulaic you're right um the, some of those older movies you can, I it, the, the classics can really be enjoyed because you can tell when a movie was more about the story and not about you know the action, quote unquote. You know the action was important, but it wasn't the reason they made the movie. You know, like even in the first Conan movie, there's a lot of plot in there. Of course, there's there's action too, but the focus is definitely not on the fighting. It's on you know this guy's uh, him growing up and going into this world. You know, it's it's more about that, less le- less about you know cutting people's heads off. Although that does happen. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think movies now, you know, like with GI Joe, they've become so they really have just become action flicks with a little bit of plot thrown in to keep you interested. It's pretty much what they are, I think. Well, I tried to break out. Clash of the Titans the other day, and uh, I, I just, I think I got through where uh, Perseus gets the owl, and and he's starting to get sent on a quest. My son, he just couldn't take yeah. it. I kept saying, it's... "There's going to be some cool stuff coming on." It was too slow, and then Tron, like I'd love to show him Tron. He's all into computers. He, he can't. He just he'll, it'll ruin it. It's better that he just knows there's a good movie <laughs> that he hasn't seen right. than that I try to make him watch. Honestly, it. Honestly, I could barely get through Tron. And I'm 28. See, I, big difference there. I, I love Tron. That's just to me. But again, it's a nostalgia thing. You know, I mean, the effects at the time were amazing. But, you know, in retrospect, now, obviously, it, it's it, the, the graphics are a bit tedious and are really dated. But, it, you know, it's it's things. Certain things are a product of their time. And if you can you can view it in that context, you're, you're good. But a lot of people don't do that. It's it's either good or it's not. And. It's either in the bin or it's either in a trash can or, you know, it's on the shelf, one of the two. Hmm. Well, for me, Tron and War Games, I was writing that. This is my wheelhouse. That was my fantasy to be there like, you go. oh, you know, that kid down the street has a modem. I heard you can call the computers. Maybe <laughs> if we go, we can actually call in the little, like the government. You in know. the green screen. So, <laughs> yeah, it just was uh, – you're probably just a little young that it does seem corny. But for me, it was – it was like, oh. See, War Games is another one. That one, th- there's a great sequence uh, where the kid is um, in the middle of nowhere and he's able to hack into a phone, you know, using a bottle cap and I think a paper clip. You know, it's, it's yep. just stuff like that <laughs> that you don't see in movies anymore. Just little clever things that, that you know, people really have gone for substance or uh, style over substance in today's movies, which, you know, that's fine, but you do miss some of the old stuff. Yeah. Yeah, things you could relate to because you could find a bottle cap and a paperclip. You're not going to find the three thousand dollar computer scanner that all the spies have now. And- no, I didn't know that you could take a, a phone apart until I actually saw that film. <laughs> I remember him unscrewing the bottom bit, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He was tapping it. It was. It, it's. It, it. I don't think that would still work today. I think it's all gone digital, and I don't think you'll be able to pull that off. But you know, at the time, you know, after I saw that movie, I'm like, I can hack into a phone. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> even though I never, never actually needed to use it, and I probably would have gotten uh, arrested if I tried to do that in a public yeah. uh, phone. But uh, it's you know stuff like that that they miss from movies nowadays. It's much, very much, uh, more about the the action hero-ness yeah. of the movies. You know, everyone's an action hero. Even, you know, everybody is... Even the nerds, the yeah. Even the nerds, yeah. I mean, if, if you look at, like, uh, G.I. Joe, I mean, it, there's just so much going on in the screen at one time. It it makes it difficult to follow, at least for me. And I'm, you know, I'm 27. Not like I'm an old guy, but uh, it, for me, it's like, there's just too much going on there. But the kids love it, so what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, I'm going to hope you're right and that it's not a matter of people having enough money and, and thinking that they're doing the world a, a greater good by updating these things. They have to give it a different name, not mm-hmm. piggyback so much. Right. But I don't know. The, I know people like Star Trek. I, it was all right. But to me, it was a, it was a good science fiction movie. It wasn't, it wasn't Star Trek. It, it, <laughs> it, was, it was good for what it was. It, I liked it, but my only problem with it is I can't see them going – you know, further with that universe that they've created, because it's like, then I will, the first one was all right, because it was kind of like visiting a period that we never got to see in the original movies, Mm -hmm. which was fine. But then going forward, it's like, okay, well, now you're just retreading the same path, aren't you? I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to see a young con, you know, in in the next one, and we're going to see a remake of the Borg, you know, it's just, at what point does it get too repetitive? Right. Is still my only worry about it. Yeah, and if it gets too original, then it, why bother calling it right. a reboot? It's not. Exactly. It wouldn't even be Star Trek then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still quite proud that I haven't actually seen Star Trek yet, so... You're holding still out. still hanging on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a de- it's definitely worth watching. It's just... Yeah, it's not everyone's movie, though. Yeah. You know, and that's always the truth, too. There's always going to be, you know... There's always going to be people who love certain movies and always people who hate certain movies... I mean, we're just looking at some of the new movies coming out over the next couple of years. Uh, there's a, the big James Cameron movie, Avatar, mm-hmm. which has been battered around for like, oh, my God, 15 or not 15. Since like he said, 96, he's been working on this thing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I feel so bad because I just saw the new trailer that came out for it and I wasn't impressed. You know, it's just like, really? It felt like I was watching, you know, Fern Gully, you know, yeah. updated for 2009. It's just, but, you know, maybe it's because I've been around and I've seen it too many movies. Maybe if I hadn't seen Fern Gully or, you know, other movies like that, then yeah. I would be really excited, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid for the future. <laughs> don't fear, Scott. Don't fear. It, 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 things will, you know what? Things will change, you know? I'm still waiting for the flying cars. We were supposed to get those a couple of years back. What's going on? Yeah, and you're right. And just there was a case right there of a movie that's eight, nine years in the making. You know, they yes. keep talking about all this stuff. And, and even G.I. Joe, they said, oh, it's going to be the worst movie ever. And it sounds like it's okay. You just have to know what you're getting. It's, yeah, it's, you're getting, you know, I, I went and saw G.I. Joe last weekend. And just watching that movie. It gave me an impression that really the film director and the people who made the movie were pretty much kids, you know, as we were when we were kids playing with the little plastic toys. <laughs> it's pretty much what the movie is, you know, with, you know, a whole bunch of special effects thrown in, obviously. But 
that's what it is. I mean, there was never a moment in that show that reminded me of the original series at all. It was all just completely brand new stuff. They just kind of tacked on the G.I. Joe label on top of it and said, hey, this is G.I. Joe. Pretty much. Um, So it's okay. It was all right. But, you know, there's another example of, you know, you remake something or try to make something from your childhood or people's childhood that it's just it's never going to hold, you know, quite the same impact. Yeah. It just can't. Yeah. Your perception's different. Yeah. Because you were like, what? I mean, when I saw G.I. Joe for the first time, I was five, you know, (laughs) so, you know, people in tanks shooting lasers. I'm in, you know, (laughs) I'm on board. Yeah. So I went uh, last night to see it with my little boy and every 10 minutes I had to remind myself, this is just a cartoon. This is just a cartoon. Right. And if you get past that mentality, then it's all right. It was better than Transformers, uh, Transformers 2, in my opinion. But yeah. it's still a load of guff, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, might, I have to agree with you there. All right, so appreciate you guys coming on the line, and we'll definitely look to talk to you again soon. Yeah, it was definitely awesome cool, to thanks. come on board. So I didn't get a chance to say what your website is. You guys listening to us should definitely check them out. Um, it's It's just really good. And you'll probably hear a lot of things we were talking about in more detail. Yeah, it's uh, TWO Geek, the number two podcast dot podbean dot com. That's right. And uh, we try to get the episodes out once a week. Sometimes we might skip a week if we get really, really busy, but usually we're on we're on track. And then uh, we have links to you know stuff we talk about in the show there, and I think we have links to your website as well, uh, the Apotheosis. Uh, podcast. That's so cool. we're, yeah, we're, we'll try to get, uh, we'll pimp you guys definitely on our next Thanks. show that so people can uh, come check out your podcast. Because I said before, before we got started, I said that you guys were commenting on how good our quality was. And I, I said, the quality might be okay, but I think you guys do personally. I think you do a better podcast than we do. I, I, I think it, it, you guys are really great. Well, thanks a lot. So you also, you have the uh, blog also, which we don't have. That's the Mainstream yes. Geek. Yeah, the Mainstream Geek. That's uh, Troop started that. Uh, it's uh, mainstreamgeek.blogspot.com, just like it sounds. And uh, we'll try to get some stuff up there, just uh, different contests and different uh, voting stuff that we have going on. We'll try to get it on there. And uh, it's uh, really fun to uh, go on there and check it out. All right. And uh, if people want to, if they, if they want to uh, talk to us or email us, uh, the email's listed on the site. I can't think of it. Up. I think it's just Geek Squared Podcast. At uh, Gmail. All right. We'll have so, it in our show notes too, so people yeah. can check mm-hmm. it out. Awesome. Very awesome. Yeah. Well, it's been really nice talking to you guys. Yeah, it's great talking to you too. All right. It's been awesome. See Thanks, you. guys. Right. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, all right. Well, that was a, a great call, and uh, I didn't actually get to talk to you very much about <laughs> the remakes. It was kind of tough having four people on the phone at the same time. Great. Yeah, all great the geeks were talking, weren't they? Yeah. I was. I was the the geekless one, just sat in the corner. Well, I can <laughs> tell you were getting your dander up a little bit for the alien scene there, but they didn't take the bait. Yeah. No, maybe next time when we speak to them. Yeah. But was there anything that you wanted to uh, to say that you didn't get a chance to? Um. No, I haven't got any thoughts, really. No. <laughs> My mind is not at ease with this whole Star Wars thing. I just, I still think that's coming, and I think it's almost, not naive, but it's denial to say it's not. Maybe I'm clinging on to hope that no one will remake it, but I don't think 
uh, Star Wars will be remade just yet. Not right. in the next, or let's say, 15, 20 years. I, I could go that route, but I think in our lifetime, someone will. I hope not. I really do. See, I, I'm of the opinion that the films don't look dated. I don't think the haircuts look dated. I don't think anything like that. I think they had a very neutral look to them. And fashions have gone left of of Star Wars and then right of Star Wars and you know, north of Star Wars. And they've always stayed in the centre and they, they always seem slightly relevant. Where Star Trek, it, it's... The a lot of it's filmed, and all stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's filmed poorly. Um, the sets are pony everything on it is a bit bit ropey at times and maybe it's because i'm not a fan of it but well i just hope no one touches star wars at all uh empire and return of the jedi i'll I'll say i can definitely see that with the fashion and all but (laughs) something about a new hope definitely just has that dated look to me but Mm. i don't know well hopefully you guys are right and no one will touch it they better not anyway (laughs) leave it off hands off all right, so we have a uh, website we're going to talk about here today. Yeah, it's um, it's one that you found, isn't it? I, I, how did you come around to it then? I was going to try to do something funny for an introduction and, and surprise you one day. <laughs> it's from uh, Natural Soft Text to Speech Reader. It's at www.naturalreaders.com, and they sell text to speech readers, but they also have a demo box. Where you can play. Oh, wicked. And since you have the mixer, you get to play. Balls, I say. Balls. <laughs> balls, I say. Balls. Because <laughs> I've been looking for something like this for a little while now. Uh, I know uh, one time before a show, we was, well, I was mucking around with a, an Arnie soundboard and a Borat soundboard. So I was thinking about incorporating that, but then I, I found a, a Stephen Hawking soundboard and I've been looking for a better one since. But now we go with this one today. It's, it's a lot better than what I've, I've seen anyway. So Well, it has uh, U.S. English, U.K. English, French, Canadian French, German Spanish, U.S. Spanish, Italian, Swedish, and Arabic. And within the demo, you have multiple choices of speakers. You have... One, two, there's Paul, Ryan, Kate, Heather, Mike, Claire, Crystal, Julia, Lauren, Mel, Rich, Ray, Laura, wow. as your speakers for the U.S. English. So we could actually have a whole fake conversation here. Hey, mofo, is that a 47 in your pocket? Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> ah. All right, well, let's go with Paul in USA. Yeah, yeah, U.S. English at the moment. What movie is this from? You ready? Mm-hmm. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. What one's that from? It sounds familiar. Do you want it again? I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Give me a uh, different voice. Give me a different voice. Okay. It's a little too techy for me. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) Any ideas? I can picture it, but I can't think of what it is. It's from Terminator 2. Arnie, or it's supposed to be Arnie, but I used Heather's voice. (laughs) Uh, Let me try this one. This might suit Heather's voice. Right, you ready? Heather. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. (laughs) 
what film is that from? I wonder. Let's try Crystal. Oh, have you seen these names? How comes in the US you have Paul and Ryan and Kate and all these nice big names, Rich and Laura and Mel? The only one of those I know someone of is Laura. I know Laura. But in England, we have Graham, Audrey, Charles, Lucy, Peter, and Rachel. There's no Nigel? <laughs> no, there's no Nigel. <laughs> I know Audrey's my mother's name, but it doesn't matter. You French, you have Bruno, Juliet, Elaine, Claire, Alice, and Julie. No Pierre. All right, let's try a French Bruno on right. Luke Skywalker. I am Luke Skywalker. I am your forest to you. <laughs> oh, no. Do U.S. Spanish. U.S. Spanish, all you have is Rosa. Poor old Rosa, she had to do all of this speaking. I am Luke Skywalker. I am here to rescue you. She's here to rescue us. Did it translate it, or was that just her rolling no, of the art? It's, it's all translated. Arabic, right. Who we got? We got Salam or Yusef. Who would you like, Salam or Yusef? Yusef. Okay, let's go for Yusef. This is the Luke Skywalker line. I am Luke Skywalker. I am here to rescue you. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh my gosh. I've got to type something in now. Hang on. I have a feeling everyone's going to be playing with this. So yes, it's in the show notes, and it's text-to-speech software with natural voices at http www.naturalreaders.com. And down in the bottom right, you can try the TTS demo. Up to 200 characters at a time. You're going to be on this for hours. Hang on a minute. Would you like to buy a camel? Would you like to buy a camel? <laughs> Let's see how Salama would say that. Would you like to buy a camel? <laughs> You know what you could do is take like an I am conversation yep. and cut, just cut and paste it in back and forth with just keep switching the voices. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. I've got a couple of more lines. I want to not lines. Let me, let me just show you a couple of more lines that we got on here. I've only got two more for you. All right. That's fine. All right. Here we go. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> pick, pick a, um, Female voice. Let's see. Canadian French. Canadian French. Louise. Let's try her. That's not, that's not very sexy. That's rubbish. If Louise came up to me, I'd be like, no, no, go away. <laughs> Can't talk to me like that. Uh, yeah, I don't picture a very attractive Louise from that I'll voice. I'll go for German. Let's go for Klaus. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> does bring my milkshake to the yard. He does. <laughs> I won't stand for anything else. <laughs> There's one other line I'd like to try. I'm going to try in the U- US first. Let's go for Paul again. My humps, my humps, my lovely lady lumps. <laughs> now, I think he pulls it off quite well. I think he does. Now, let's try Kate, see if her humps are lovely. My humps, my humps, my lovely lady lumps. I was kind of angry at the beginning there, but then it softened toward the end. Yeah, it was like my humps. Are you looking at my humps? <laughs> now, what oh, else? you are. Oh, okay. You have tried Swedish Emma. Is Emma Emma or Eric? Let's go for Eric first. Me humps. Me humps. Me lovely lady lumps. <laughs> oh, man. Right, I think I've tied it out now. That's it. Well, yeah, definitely, guys, check that out and have fun with it. 
right. Well, I guess uh, we've we got to come up with a moral for today's episode. Um, any lessons learned? What have we learned? Don't let your kids buy horns. Uh, ba What else have we learned? Airplane rides are scary as well. Yep. We've learned that. Well, I've learned that anyway. Welcome. You have arrived on yet another on-time flight. <laughs> Let's see. So we should go with something with how disgusting the wave machine was. Ah, don't use wave machines or something along that ilk because that was disgusting. Yeah, that was filthy. Yeah, I swear there was tiny bits of poo floating around there. And <laughs> kids smiling around tiny bits of poo, enjoying themselves frantically. Look what I made. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, I found a stick. <laughs> uh, all right, I guess uh, we can go with that then. Should we go with only Mother Nature should be making waves? Yeah, sounds cool to me. All right. Only Mother Nature should be making waves. Well, it's good to be back. It's, I'm glad you're back. I think it was a great conversation with the guys from Geek Squared Podcast. I think that's a terrific podcast. You guys should all check it out. Play with the text-to-speech editor. Listen to Rethinking Lost as part of the Lost Podcasting Network. And uh, come back again next week. Yep. Send us emails and follow us on Twitter. You know all the score about that. Yep. Visit our show notes at bombastpodcast.podbean.com. And everything's there. Yeah. All the emails, all the Twitters, everything there. So you've mm-hmm. got no excuses. <laughs> I'm looking at you as well. Yes, you. So no excuses. All right. And make sure you check back in. If nothing else, just to follow up on our interaction with Rhea. And we'll see if we can get some of that. Even if we get 1% of that million, couple of millions there. Yeah. We could be set for life. That'd well, be no, awesome. It'd be like $10,000. <laughs> all right. I guess it's a good spot to end it there. Yes, I'm off now. Alright. Toodaloo. See you soon. Bye. Only Mother Nature should be making waves. I, sorry, I want to change that now. I want, I want Yusuf to say it. <laughs> Only Mother Nature should be making waves. That's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> Only Mother Nature should be making waves. It's more Russian though, isn't it, than Arabic? <laughs>